0: Welcome back to the go to go podcast, man. Episode 52. Just about three weeks until kickoff of the NFL 2023 season, man. Of course, Chiefs-Lions going to start the season off. This episode, we're going to cover Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, and Coach of the Year as well with MVP, Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year's We'll do those next week. We're splitting them up. And then we'll also, you know, cover a little what's been going on between those Eagles and Browns, man, two of our teams. And obviously, we got one more top 10 list for y'all. It's going to be running backs for this week, man. So we're going to get top 10 running backs uh, to finish off today's episode, man. How excited are you for this season coming up, man, before we get into these awards?
1: Uh, it's that time of year, man. Football right around the corner. First week of preseason already underway. So, you know, getting little glimpses and peaks of what could be, you know, happening throughout the season. So it, it's fun, man. Football's finally back. We were just talking about fantasy football, drafting, that's upon us. So it's always fun. Football, it's the best time of year. No doubt, man. So starting off... <clears throat>
0: You want to start off the awards this week, man?
1: Sure. Yeah, I'll start it off. Uh, which one? We go offense first? Yeah. Let's go offense, defense, coach right. of the year to finish it off. Yeah, that's how I got here. Anyways, okay, offensive rookie of the year. Um, I'm. I picked because you mentioned you were you had like runner ups and stuff. So for the offense, I did. It was between two people for me. Um, I think it'll be a lot different from last year. Last year, you didn't really have the QB hype. That's why you saw Garrett Wilson kind of, you know, run away with the award. But this year, there was, I believe, three quarterbacks taken in, like, the top 10 or, like, the top five, I think, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of quarterback hype. Uh, Will Levis, he went early in the second round. So there's some names to throw around. But ultimately, for me... My offensive rookie of the year, I picked Anthony Richardson, and this was kind of a pick just based on the upside. I mean, all of those guys are talented, and you know these NFL awards. On the offensive side and the MVP, it's kind of a quarterback award. It's the most important position, so I wanted to start there, and when you look at Anthony Richardson, we saw what he did at the Combine. He put up those crazy numbers, might be the most athletic quarterback we've seen at the position, and then... In recent years, we've kind of seen the quarterback position evolve. And, you know, those athletes, those players that are able to move outside of the pocket and affect the game through the air and specifically on the ground have, you know, really, really gotten a lot of attention. I think it started with Lamar Jackson, him in 2019, winning that MVP based off his running ability, along with his passing ability. We've seen what Jalen Hurts did last year, second in the MVP race. Had the most rushing touchdowns as a quarterback, I believe, in a season. He was running all over the place. And then Justin Fields didn't really do much with his arm, but that dynamic ability on the ground. I think most rushing yards for a quarterback in a season last year got a lot of buzz. Now he's projected to, you know, be a really, really good quarterback in this league. So looking at Anthony Richardson in the athletic upside, I mean, it's all there. Even if he can't put it all the way together through the air at first, He'll be an elite dynamic athlete on the ground, and he'll be in that same offense Jalen Hurts was in last year, with um, Shane Sykin excuse me, coming over running that offense for the Colts. They just came out today said he'll be their starter week one, so he'll get all the reps. It might be slow at the beginning, passing wise, the touchdowns and you know the interceptions might be high. You saw in that first preseason game he threw that little intercept, the fadeaway interception, off of one leg. But Call I mean, hardened, hardened pick. yeah off the back leg just threw it up there it was a a bad read but I think Anthony Richardson the talent is there he only played one full season at Florida as a starter so not a lot of reps starting underneath, underneath him so if he can you know get there mentally and understand the game and process the game and just get on the right track I think his athletic ability and you know just how good he is as an athlete right now, we'll be able to carry him, and he can put up the crazy numbers. He could have the highlight runs. He could honestly have, you know, five, six, seven rushing touchdowns on the year, those big 40-yard rushes. He's capable of that, and he's a dynamic playmaker. So if he's able to, you know, do all that and do all the flashy stuff for an award, I think, you know, the upside is there, and I think he has a really good shot. Now, the person that was between him is who I think is your pick is – Bryce Young, and I think he's the better pure passer, and he processes the game a lot better, and he's a lot more, you know, intelligent on the field. But I just think Anthony Richardson has that higher ceiling and has the highlight play ability that, you know, someone the size of Bryce Young, and he isn't the athlete Anthony Richardson is, so I kind of went on the upside, highlight, flashy pick, so I'm going to rock with Anthony Richardson.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, Obviously... My pick, Bryce Young, for Offensive Rookie of the Year, and you mentioned it, IQ man, going to Bama, sort of panned out. Past few quarterbacks to come into the league now, Tua's shown success. Hurts, been to a Super Bowl. Bryce Young, Mac Jones, Mac Jones has had you know some success. He had a good rookie year. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't know about the rest, obviously, (laughs) but hey, he's got an offensive coordinator now. Yeah, that is also true, man. It wasn't the best situation. For him and just the scheme and obviously play calling, Matt Patricia, defensive coordinator at heart, should not Joe Judge, uh, special teams coach, Joe Judge. But he he's probably better off than Patricia was. But we're not here to talk OCS right now or Mac Jones, Bryce Young. He's got the arm talent. He's got the the accuracy of quarterback you want. He's able to scramble, not like you know. AR over there in Indianapolis, but he's he's able to be mobile in the pocket when he needs to escape. He can throw the ball on the run a little bit. Undersized for sure is probably, you know, his biggest question mark coming into the league. Kind of the size of Kyler Murray and, you know, company of those little QBs in a league. So obviously probably gonna be some growing pains, especially in Carolina. You know, you're not dealing with the best team in the league. Like they got they got a couple key pieces mostly on the defensive side of the ball with Brian Burns. But Bryce Young, expect him to make, you know, kind of an immediate impact. Might not be huge, but definitely the most NFL-ready quarterback. That's why he was drafted number one overall. Going to be a day-one starter. And sort of my runner-up was Bijan Robinson. That is also a really good name. Over there in Atlanta just because the fact of, you know, the running back – has won this award plenty of times. I mean, I can remember in 2018 Baker had a solid year, but it was Saquon Barkley came onto the scene, crushed it. He won Offensive Rookie of the Year, so wouldn't be surprised. You know, Bijan goes for eight, nine hundred yards, especially in a run-heavy offense, he could go for a thousand. Touches paint a few times, and then he could end up winning it if there's a little shakiness with the quarterback, which you expect because they're a rookie in the NFL. They're not going to be, you know, slinging it like uh Pat Mahomes but he's sort of an anomaly. But Bryce Young, Bijan Robinson, my two picks for offensive rookie of the year for sure.
1: Yeah, and Bijan's a good name. I didn't really think of him for offensive rookie year, but he could easily win it. I just think, you know, they it's going to be a quarterback. If any of these guys play decent, I just think they I mean, I think for Bijan to win it and these quarterbacks to play like at least okay, He'd have to have like a crazy, crazy rookie year, which with his talent is possible. And hint, hint, we'll get into him later on in the show. But I think, I just think, you know, with the upside of Anthony Richardson and the readiness of Bryce Young. And even if you want to throw in CJ Stroud, we saw him against Georgia have that improvisation and be able to make plays outside of the pocket and move around. Shaky first week, but against the Patriots. But. He has talent. So I think with those three top guys, I'm sure one of them will pan out. And I think we'll see that early on. And I think they have the best chance to win this award. Yeah.
0: Up next, man, you want to start it off with Defensive Rookie of the Year?
1: Yeah. So Defensive Rookie of the Year, this one was a lot easier for me just because I was able to use my Eagles bias. And it came down to two players on the Eagles. But, I mean, I'll, I'm going to just go with Jalen Carter. Um, It sucks what happened. He kind of slipped in the draft. He was, you know, at the beginning of the draft process, he was looked at as, you know, potentially the first player taken off the board by the Bears before they traded their pick. Still was, you know, projected to go super early. Then, you know, some of the character concerns and off the field stuff got in there, and he was able to fall down to the Philadelphia Eagles. So the talent... Isn't no question there. It's just, you know, can you get the consistent, you know, effort and stuff out of him? And I think on this Eagles team, the biggest thing that will help Jalen Carter, I believe, is he'll always be fresh on the field because the Eagles are so deep on that defensive line. I think we're always going to be able to see Jalen Carter at his best. He, he won't be overused. He'll be able to be rotated just like he was on that Georgia D line. He's going from one great D line to another. So, We'll be able to see Jalen Carter at his best every time he's on the field. I mean, you saw his first ever snap as the Eagle that preseason game against the Ravens. That little clip went viral where he just hit a nice little inside move on the guard and got right towards the quarterback. Instant pressure. Reports of him throughout camp have been really, really good. He's been killing it, killing the Eagles' first team O line. Something is the or it's possibly you know the best O line in the league. Showed out today and you know this week against the browns who have a really good o-line and i was gonna really say you good. might as well say what yeah, you told me they, they run the ball good so talent's there he's in the right environment and i mean looking at the other people like for this award you know dbs have been really good as of late you know Woolen and sauce kind of came out last year big i was looking at some of the dbs i was like mm, christian gonzalez he'll be in that patriot scheme he'll be really really good he's a playmaker But I just think Jalen Jalen Carter's talent and the talent around him will elevate him, and I think he'll have a really, really good rookie year. So that's my pick and Eagles bias.
0: So no no Eagles bias on this side. My pick was Jalen Carter as well. And, I mean, you kind of stated it, man. He's been balling out so far in camp. I was looking at a couple reports that the best rookie so far in camp, not just Eagles camp, NFL camp might be Jalen Carter right now. So and it's no doubt, I mean, this guy was a protected, projected top three pick. Like no doubt. Bubble. It was gift wrap. And then, you know, the off the field issues. That that's something that, you know, a lot of young players kind of deal with. So it's definitely not, you know, something that's lightly looked at, but it's something that it happens in the NFL. People make mistakes. Yeah. It's how they bounce back. Can he bounce back? And if he keeps those off-the-field issues, he's not going to have a problem on the field. I mean, the dude is he he's going to be elite at the position, not yet there. But he, he's a dog on the field. And I have no questions about his talent coming out of college. I mean, being a top-three pick as a defensive lineman, you could kind of set it in stone. But my runner-up, I was thinking about Christian Gonzalez, but another guy on the defensive end. I'm going with the number three pick and Will Anderson, sort of my yeah. runner-up. The only thing with him, situation not as good, obviously, in Philadelphia. You mentioned Jalen Carter. He's got those bodies around him that they're sort of going to key on, key in on. And yeah, last year, rookie Jordan Davis, not really a pass rusher as much as he is a run stopper. So even on those third down packages, you can see Jalen Carter out there uh more and he'll be fresh as well like you said especially with the rotation still mm-hmm. got Fletcher Cox who's gonna be you know maybe taking a little bit of a back seat more rest for the vet as well Yeah. so it, it wouldn't be surprising Jalen Carter but I do like Will Anderson and Christian Gonzalez as well I felt like he slipped a little in the draft tremendous size Bill Belichick team we know they could pro- produce corners I mean they do it every year almost it seems like so
1: yeah and for the Patriots, it's always like a corner like we've never heard of, or super laying around. Like, but now they finally get a blue chip, first round, really really talented player. So it it should be fun to watch how he develops in that Patriots scheme on defense. Yeah, I mean
0: Jack Jones came onto the scene out of nowhere. So it it's Jack not Jack
1: Jones, Jonathan Jones, like yeah. all all these players, man. I don't Malcolm even think Butler when he was there. You Gilmore
0: know? was a first-round pick, was he? Um, or late, maybe.
1: I don't I don't think he was a
0: first-round I think it was around two or three. Yeah. And so, it, yeah, it's nothing out
1: out the he, blue, Gilmore man. was um from the—he got drafted by the Bills, too, so it was kind of later in his career. They kind of just picked him up. But, yeah, I mean, they just—they find ways to get the best out of their DBs. So that's kind of what Bill Belichick is. His uh, mainstay, you know, he started off as a DB coach, so that's where his history is. So, that, that New England secondary is always going to play, you know, above his talent level. So, I don't think they'll, they'll be they'll be all right in New England.
0: You want to go ahead with <laughs> Coach of the Year, man?
1: All right. Coach of the Year. This one was interesting. There were some names I could throw out. Um, I was thinking, you know, Andy Reid's always the name that's going to be up there, but... I kind of think at this point, him and Mahomes kind of have that LeBron effect where they're just always so good. It's like, can we just Voter give it fatigue? to someone Yeah, yeah. Can we just give it to someone else? You know, kind of like how LeBron was robbed of his MVP in, uh, what was that, 2018 by James Harden? Oh Yeah. Man. So, uh, <laughs> Harden to yeah. rob him, man. <laughs> had to get our Harden straight in there. But yeah, voters <laughs> fatigue. I don't think it'll be... Um.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah.
1: Either. Unless the Chiefs go like undefeated maybe then yeah you won't have a choice but there were a lot of names there are a lot of new coaches moving around like interesting teams set up to do well um but for me i picked a name that i'm familiar with and a team that i was high on since last year so i'm gonna go with doug peterson man for the jaguars if, you know, Trevor Lawrence takes that elite step like we want him to, the addition of Calvin Ridley, another year for ETN in the offense. I've been hearing a lot of reports of Tank, Biz- Tank Bigsby excuse me, being a really, really solid backup and, you know, like a power back. So that offense is dynamic. If that defense continues to take strides in the right direction, like we mentioned was the last episode or a few episodes ago talking about the Jags where, you know, they got a lot of early picks, early talent invested in that defense and along that defensive line everything's there the division really really helps they could possibly sweep that division I think they're the heavy favorites if they can get I had them projected at 11 wins but you know if maybe one of those close games you know the ball rolls their way, they can somehow get 12 maybe even 13 wins and with that schedule and in that division they could possibly be the one seed in the AFC if that it's a possibility for this team and you know And if they get everything right, everyone stays healthy. Like I mentioned, Trevor Lawrence, the big deal. Doug Peterson, a coach with Super Bowl experience. He was there when Carson Wentz kind of had that crazy year when he was going to win MVP until he got hurt. And then him with Nick Foles winning that Super Bowl and having success there. Doug Peterson's a really, really good coach. And it seems like those guys down there in Jacksonville really like to rally around him, and he gets the best out of him. So I think Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence can be a really really successful coaching and quarterback duo for the foreseeable future and I think this season will be the start of that and I got him winning coach of the year.
0: No no other runner up honorable mention from you?
1: Um I mean this was just the first name that came to mind. If you want to look at um I don't know. I just think the Jags are set up okay. like they have the best. I mean, you, you don't like everything give is name. right, but I'm. Right, I just got Doug okay. Peterson. I mean, you could say runner up or who you think. There's a lot of coaches. Like I mean, yeah. I, but no, I, I just, I just think Doug Peterson. They have the best chance, in my opinion. But I mean, listen. If you want to give it, oh, Mike you, McDaniel's maybe you know the Dolphins. That offense looks good, and Tua stays upright. They can put up a bunch of points. They can win some games. It's tough. I mean, listen, Nick Sierra and the Eagles, they were just in the Super Bowl. If they have another successful year, Kyle Shanahan, if he figures out what's going on there at quarterback, like, apparently it's Brock Purdy. No question. Yeah. So, what, what, what was he, would, he said he would have to, like, melt on the practice <laughs> field or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, this, the 49ers will be really good. But I'm kind of looking at, you know, whereas. Brian Dable last year and the, the Giants kind of came out of nowhere and they took that big leap where I don't think the Jags were as bad as the Giants were taking that leap, but I think they have the chance of all the teams that will be good next season, you know, taking that next leap, and I think, you know, seeing that progression of the Jags will kind of help him get over the edge, but there's a bunch of deserving coaches, like, I mean, every single year, like, Mike Tomlin, he's kind of like in the same Andy Reid category, where the Steelers in that roster isn't good, but he wins games, bro. Like Mike Vrabel, never
0: been under five hundred.
1: That bro, like that's the thing. Like Mike Vrabel and the Titans, like that roster. I mean, who's doing as much as like? Not a lot of coaches can coach those that those rosters, you know, to those records. I mean, he's a really, really good coach, one of the most respected coaches in the league. But I just think, you know. Doug Peterson, and the Jaguars are set up to have the most success.
0: Okay. Well, it came down to two names for me. And I honestly, you mentioned my boy Mike McDaniel. I'm, I guess I'll put him for runner-up for, for our sake. I'm going to go runner-up first. Both of these coaches had the same record, 9-8 and eight last season. Mike McDaniel, obviously first year. They were off to a hot start. Tua gets injured. They slow down a little bit. They finally get a playoff berth since the first time since, what, 2016? What was that year they played the Steelers? It was the year they played the Steelers and Matt Moore Matt was quarterback.
1: Moore. The hit hurt around the world. Yeah. Hit <laughs> hurt around the <laughs> world
0: for sure. Who was that? that was What's his name? Uh, um, this is a linebacker. Fr- it was Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree, yeah. yeah. He laid out Matt Moore. Yeah. But that's nonetheless, Should've man. They just stacked <laughs> Never box. Again, bro. You want to tell a story or what? I man? mean, it's not really much
1: the same Where I yeah. was just taking a nap during the game I heard a loud hit and I was like, that was an accident outside the window or whatever But then I just see the replay of Matt Moore getting killed I'm like, oh, that shit woke me up
0: <laughs> Yeah, so that woke you up, man The last time the Dolphins went into the playoffs Haven't won a division since 2008 Shout out Tony Lippin, man <laughs> I know some Miami uh, fan. knows can, Tony Lippitt out there, but... Yeah, we can go on and on about that game. Yeah, other than that guy, I mean...
1: AB I mean, was if killing you, him, bro. If you're
0: not a Dolphins fan, you should not know that guy. Yeah, AB was killing him. Special teams was killing him. <laughs> he did jump, jump. over the line for that field goal. Big momentum swing. Tony Lippett, man. Listen, I don't knock anybody on their career. Take this as a joke, but you should have stayed out wide receiver, fam.
1: Man, that was a game where I just had to admit I was wrong and X was better, bro. Because up until then, bro, I was like, bro, "Yeah, you Tony he was the guy, Reason bro. could
0: take, Tony Lippitt was better than Xavier and Howard." <laughs> I don't know. I See a, how that went down? I wasn't
1: believing, man. Sorry.
0: Any, any, anyway, let's move away from that <laughs> dreadful game. Yes. Coach of the Year, Mike McDaniel, last time it won. The AFC East was 2008. I believe Chad Pennington was the quarterback at the time for the Dolphins. Won in the playoffs. Lost, of course. So they were evens, right? Yeah, I'm pretty so. sure. Yeah, And they haven't won the division since. Last year, wildcard berth at 9-8. and Skylar Thompson, quarterback. Not the best situation. They're one play away from being the Bills in the playoffs in Buffalo. Very hostile environment. You put two on the field, maybe a different game. But... This year, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, team stays healthy. Mike McDaniel should be in that conversation for Coach of the Year, especially if they won that first, uh, the division for the first time since 08. Be a huge accomplishment for a Miami coach. But my Coach of the Year, man, I'm going to a guy that did coach Miami and a guy that I didn't believe in when he first became the head coach of the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell. <laughs> Dan Campbell, he's got these players bought in, man. He's always been a player's coach. An energizer, and the guys in Detroit love him, man. So you can't you can't deny the word out of the locker room. If you got your players back, it usually pans out. Obviously, you still have to be a coach at the end of the day, and he's seemed to balance, you know, both of those well so far, especially last year with his team going nine and eight, and the Lions have a legit shot of winning the division this year. So I think you know if they do win that North division, and the Dolphins don't are not in that same category. I think Dan Campbell does come away with it. I like your Dougie P pick. Not a bad one. I really didn't think about the Jags. But, I mean, Dan Campbell, all the abysmal years in Detroit, all the sad years of Megatron and Matt Stafford and not being able to win much. Dan Campbell brings it in. Jared Goff, established quarterback, kind of a revamped organization with some life in it uh, in Detroit. So, You know he's looking to change the culture and kind of already has. He continues to do so. He's definitely going to be in that conversation for coach of the coach of the year and he's my pick uh, for the 2023 season.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good pick and like how you didn't think of the Jags and Doug Peterson. I didn't really think of Dan Campbell, but I like it. It's kind of I feel like it's been like a kind of a build up from last season because they were on Mm -hmm. hard knocks. We got to you know see how he's like the ultimate players coach and there was a little bit of hype but we knew the Lions weren't going to be really that good last year kind of surprised a lot of people and then coming into this year building off of last season I mean I think they have like top 10 Super Bowl odds to win like I believe in the beginning so far this year they have a really really good shot to win that division in the AFC North a lot of stuff or not AFC excuse me NFC North a lot of stuff shaking around so I mean, that division's wide open. I mean, he's the ultimate players, coach. I think I saw a video of him earlier this training camp of him, like, doing burpees with the team and stuff like that. So, like you mentioned, the players love him. They'll run through a wall for him, and I think that's – they're like the Jaguars of the NFC, so I like the pick.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're right now sitting at plus 2,200 and sitting at ninth on the list. So. <clears throat>
1: yeah. Dolphins right behind
0: them. So, your Eagles back at two with plus 800 just in case. You wanted to know that one, man, but that wraps up our offensive defensive rookie of the year along with coach of the year as I mentioned MVP, offensive and defensive players of the year coming next week as well. We did say we'd touch on that that Browns Eagles practice this week. They got their preseason game coming this week. It's uh,
1: Thursday, is it? Or it, is it later in the weekend?
0: It might it might be Thursday. I'm not hundred percent sure, yeah, but I know that I know the Browns starters aren't gonna be playing. I'm not sure about the Eagles.
1: Well I, Eagles didn't play any of their starters last week, so I don't think though yeah it's Thursday.
0: Yeah, so Thursday night. I think yeah, today was the last day of the joint practices. They had mm-hmm. two days uh quote unquote, you know, unofficially one and one. Both teams went Browns one day two, Eagles Bounce back day two had a terrific day according to you,
1: but <laughs> according to me, yeah, like <laughs> everyone else that was there and that was reporting it, I'm just making this stuff up. All right, but
0: <laughs> both D lines ate during the two two practices. I, two yeah. above average O lines. The Eagles are considered one of the best. The Browns probably a little bit above average. Both the, both of these
1: teams have really really good lines, defense and offense. Yeah, so yeah,
0: and the defensive side. Showed out, man. I know your boy Jalen Carter put on a show, man. Yeah. I know Brown Reed, Reed
1: Blankenship, man. Making some buzz in the NFL waves. I Picked mean, off Watson what, three times in two days, two today.
0: It was three times in two days. But and I believe... We were talking about D-lines, man. You just wanted to bring... Go ahead, go No, ahead.
1: both... No, this is like... I'm just saying like it's weird because like both of the interceptions, the one he had yesterday and one today... Like, funny enough, they were both tipped both by Zach Cunningham. Like, by the same player. Yeah, the same player tipped both of the passes, and then the same player intercepted it, which is kind of wild. But it's that tip drill, man.
0: Now, the tip drill, you know what they say as a quarterback, that ball's in the air. It's like, it's feast time for DBs when that ball's hanging in the air. It feels like an eternity for him. So, I mean, it's just good ball skills, being at, you know, a good spot at the right time and then just finishing off the play.
1: And... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Reed's going to be nice. He was a UDFA out of, I think, Western Kentucky last year, so not a lot of, you know, real hype behind him. But with the injuries of Chauncey Gardner johnson last season, he saw a decent amount of playing time towards the end of the season. He's stepped up a lot during training camp. He's going to be the starter this season. He pretty much has that safety spot locked down. And right now they're just kind of trying to figure out who's going to be beside him. Kayvon Wallace getting some first-team reps. Um, Terrell Edmonds came over. He's getting some reps too, so... Pretty much just trying to see who they're playing next to him at this point.
0: And I know Browns had a couple injuries, man. Nothing major. Maybe Jack Conklin, concussion, probably the most severe. Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward both left. They ended up saying Denzel Ward was an illness,
1: which is weird because it was mid-practice. But he came. Was that today? That was yesterday. Well, he was back today. Yeah. Yeah, I think they both were back.
0: Yeah, Miles Garrett was just like precautionary. He walked out. After the practice, sign autographs and he was walking around yeah. uh, just fine. He joked around said it was his old age. So, yeah.
1: Was he like 27, 28? <laughs> Yeah, bro, right, he's under 30. Yeah. But
0: I did see Deshaun and Amari Cooper had a good little connection going. Elijah Moore wasn't out there this week. That's one guy that's been on the same page with Deshaun, but uh, he showed off strong today and then slowed down. Those interceptions, especially today, two of them today had one yesterday. So obviously, Eagles went in the turnover category on that. I did see? I think Hertz only Joku
1: had, Was having a pretty good. And Joku was, yeah, yeah. good practice as well.
0: I know. Um. Hertz, I believe Hurts threw, threw a pick. one yesterday. Yeah. I don't know if I he doing it if, today. Yeah. I know he threw one yesterday, but. Yeah. I think he
1: underthrew Smitty, and Denzel picked it off.
0: Yeah, it is
1: what happened, but
0: you know you can't get that connection with Smitty all the time. So, oh, it was there today, so the Warden was
1: out there, man. And today he was throwing fucking <laughs> fadeaway touchdown passes in the corner of the end zone, man. Holding hold that release, <laughs> <laughs> it's like he did like a little walk off. But um, bro, I was watching or I was listening to the preseason game, Eagles against the um ravens on saturday bro <laughs> when i say this name you're gonna laugh dog i did not know tyree cleveland was on the eagles bro he was cooking with marcus mariota in the no second year, bro yeah apparently he's been having a really strong camp like bro i was you listening to team. Bro, like bro he was getting like he's like the fourth string like not even bro. he's like fifth or sixth on the roster bro like man, i've been seen, like hearing no shot. reports nothing at all bro but then, like, in the preseason game, it's like, oh, Tyree Cleveland with a big play. like, Mariota find him off. And then now I'm seeing, like, a bunch of reports in camp and stuff. And they said today, like, Tyree Cleveland came up with a big pass from Marcus Mariota, And they have, like, a really good connection. So, I was like, dang, you have legend, dog. I was like, I haven't heard this name in a while. You
0: know what's funny? When I saw that, uh, I think I sent it to you, that clip with Will Greer throwing Antonio Callaway. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was about to be the, the walk-off when Tennessee. he threw it to Tyree Cleveland. Yeah. Absolute track speed down the field, man. Tyree Cleveland, <clears throat> very talented coming out of U.S. Wasn't he yeah. on the
1: Browns? Did he play on the Browns? I think he was low-key like, undrafted like a or uh,
0: yeah. drafted to, like, seventh round. Mm-hmm. I think he was. Maybe not. I know Antonio Callaway, obviously. Yeah, Antonio Browns.
1: Callaway, yeah.
0: But I like Tyree Cleveland, watching him have Florida. Uh, let's see, man. Yeah, Cleveland... Was selected by the Broncos in the seventh round.
1: Oh, the Broncos! Yeah, the Broncos. Okay, yes.
0: Um, yeah, he played for the Broncos for two years, and now mm-hmm. the
1: Eagles. Yeah, I knew it was like an orange team. But yeah, he's. I mean, it's just tough because the Eagles have so many receivers. But he's looking like could probably you know make the roster or practice squad at least. But I mean, right now he's looking like. He's looking like our number six receiver.
0: Yeah, no doubt. But, I mean, not much you can really go off for, you know, the camp, joint practices, man. It's really about the quarterback and the skill positions kind of. I mean, obviously D-line, there's a lot of sacks that might happen, might not happen. Hard to judge those and stuff like that. But, overall, I mean, I was happy with what was coming out of Brown's camp. I know you are probably happy with what was coming out of the Eagles camp. For sure. Both teams brought good energy, you know. And expect both these teams to compete during the regular season. The main thing for me, I know the Eagles play the Dolphins this year. They don't play the Browns, but. Yeah, they may- play the Dolphins at home. Maybe seeing oh, them a little I Super think that's one of the
1: games where we're in the Kelly Greens, too. Oh, oh no, for gonna real? It's going to be tough, yeah. <laughs> Might be the first game we wear them, actually.
0: Kelly Greens, man. Uh, anyways, got any other comments on the joint
1: practices? No, nah, nothing much, man. I mean, we'll see during the preseason game. Like, I doubt, I don't think any of the Eagles starters will play. They didn't play any in the week one, so we'll probably see Mariota get the start. Although, Tyree Cleveland. Tanner McKee looked a lot, lot better than Mariota. He looked really good coming out in the second half, commanding that, well, second or third unit at this point, but. So, it'll be interesting to see who gets to start. But, yeah, I, I'm sure none of, the, none of the big names will play. Cause I don't think they played in week one. So, probably just trying to get more reps for the young guys and guys on the bubble. Still trying to figure out, you know, roster spots and who's going to make the team, who can step up. So, like you mentioned, I, I mean, it's just football at this point. You just want to watch it.
0: <laughs> well, the second best quarterback to ever grace Cleveland, uh, in the past decade, we'll be starting against them. So, shout out to DTR, man. He'll be out there balling. He's coming Throw. From
1: Watson's job, man. I heard he's been balling for real.
0: Nah, DTR has been balling.
1: Uh, Should have put him down for rookie of the year. <laughs> uh, I don't know Watson gets that, hurt in week one. All right, let's calm it down, buddy. Then DTR carries the Browns.
0: I mean, i will fucking Bam, if that. he
1: wins offensive rookie of the year, you'd be ecstatic. Like... Even if it is (laughs) that (laughs) expensive, anyways, man.
0: But DTR has been balling. It's a sort of known thing. Browns quarterbacks flip off that that Washington sideline. Is I guess it's a Browns thing. Johnny Football did it back in the day, and DTR did it in the preseason game last week. Don't ask me why, man, but it happened. Anyways, a game coming up this week on Thursday. Week two of preseason, and then with just three weeks left, I mean, we're getting right there to the start of the season. We're excited, man, but nonetheless, man, last top ten list we got, we're going to take it from ten to one. You might as well start us off this week with a top
1: ten. All right. And we kind of talked about how, to, like, before we started recording, whereas, you know, the receivers and quarterbacks, it was a lot. You know, there was clear, you know, talent where it's like, all right, there's a few names I can throw in here. But, I mean, <laughs> running backs, nonetheless, it kind of got a little cloudy, man. It's like, it's uh, got really top 10, like a lot of stuff going on. I just think it's because of, you know, at this point in the NFL and where we are, the life cycle of the running back, it's so short. These guys, you know, you see what's going on in the media, fighting for those contracts, not getting paid, holding out. So these guys' careers don't really last long. They are trying to take advantage of it while they can. So with that being said, it was kinda it was kinda tough to find. You know, there was there was a mix of, you know, some staple veterans, some names we know, and then a lot of young guys, you know, rising and coming up. But to kick it off at number ten, I went with Ramondre Stevenson, man, up there in New England last season. We kinda got to see, you know, him showcase more as the number one running back his entire career there in New England. He's been splitting carries with Damien Harris. They've always had a committee in New England and they'll continue to have one with them just signing Zeke. So Ramondre won't be, you know, the star. But with um Damian Harris getting banged up last year throughout the season, towards the middle and the end, Ramondre was, you know, three down back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. And for Mac Jones and that offense where The weapons on the outside are kind of, you know, under, you know, league average, not the best. Ramondre Stevenson has been a really, really good weapon for him, kind of a safety valve, running the ball. He's dynamic. He's elusive. He can get out in space. He can run through you and around you. In today's day and age, a lot of these backs, they got to be able to, you know, catch the ball out of the backfield. I think he had like 60 receptions or something like that last season easily catch the ball out of the backfield. Mac Jones not known for having the strongest arm. So that check down <laughs> when it's there. It's Ramondre catching it. I mean, I think he could be a lot higher and I think he definitely has the talent to be, you know, a workhorse three down running back where that's just not how they do things in New England. It's always a committee. It's always been. Even back when you look when they had like Legarrett Blunt and James White mm-hmm. and all these, you know, Danny Woodhead and all the all the other running backs. It's always a committee. But I think Ramondre Stevenson is a really young Talented running back who has shown flashes that he can do it all. So, I got him at number 10.
0: They definitely keep their their running backs fresh, which is why I kind of snubbed him from this
1: list just a little bit.
0: The number 10 spot, man, I got Alvin Kamara. You know, he's suspended for a couple games, but expect him to bounce back. Last season, a little bit of a down year. We know what he can do. Uh, dual threat running back, can run out the backfield, definitely catch passes up there with the most elite pass-catching running backs for sure. I mean, it was just, what, three years f- three years ago he had that five, six touchdown game, it was, whatever it was, where he oh, just yeah. went off.
1: Against the Vikings.
0: Yeah, so mm. Alvin Kamara, we know he could be potentially a top five back in the league, and that's kind of why I threw him at number 10 on this list, just because, you know, it still is Alvin Kamara. He's done this before, and expect him to kind of bounce back, especially after that last Last season where he didn't play the full season either, but now we kind of expect him to get full circle after, what is he suspended, two or three games? Three. Three. So you're going to miss three games, but expect him to turn it around this year and get back to his old version of himself.
1: Yeah, I've been hearing that. He's been really, really balling in camp. And I also heard, like, <laughs> apparently, like, because, you know, the reason he was not as good or as efficient last year, I guess there was something wrong with, like, his... I don't know if it was, like, his foot or leg, but apparently, like, the muscles, like, in his lower body, and his leg or foot, like, just... They weren't properly aligned. So, I guess he got that fixed or whatever. I'm not sure how that happens. But, yeah, the report's coming out of the Saints camp saying Kamara's been looking really, really explosive, and he's looking good. But, for me, at number nine coming in, I mean, like, it felt kind of, like, weird putting this player so low. But I think talent-wise, he can be a lot higher. But I think he's just... Which is also really weird, like, going into a lot of these running backs. Like, you got to take into consideration their their situation, like, what's going on. Like, will they even play? Like, what's happening? At number nine, I got Jonathan Taylor, man. What was it, two years ago? Led the league in rushing. We know how good Jonathan Taylor is as a talent, but was banged up last year. Apparently got banged up again during the offseason. His ankle's not 100% healthy. Holding out with the Colts. Apparently wants to be traded told the Colts that he's not coming back until he's fully 100%, so clearly he's still banged up. Just a lot of question marks around Jonathan Taylor's situation right now, but as a talent and as a pure runner, Jonathan Taylor is one of the best. Super, super fast, runs downhill, can run through you, catches the ball a little bit out the backfield, but isn't as versatile as some of these other names. But, I mean, as a pure talent, as a runner, it doesn't get much better than Jonathan Taylor. It's just his situation right now. Everything going on around him is why I got him knocked down a few spots.
0: No doubt, man. Number nine for me, I got someone who's, in my opinion, a little bit undervalued at the running back position. But I guess all these guys are undervalued. Yeah. (laughs) I got Aaron Jones over there in Green Bay, man. Mm. New quarterback. Another dual threat talent in uh, Aaron Jones. A guy that can really catch it out the backfield. He's due for you know maybe five hundred yards this year with Jordan Love at quarterback out the backfield, and he's definitely could be a thousand yard rusher as well. But you know, split time with AJ Dillon probably won't see as many carries. But he's gonna be that passing down back for sure, like he always has been. And he's in the open field. I mean, he's just a pure runner, and he's hard to bring down in that open field. So, Aaron Jones at nine, just like kind of like Kamara, dual threat. Expect him to have a big year, especially with Jordan Love. You're not going to be pushing the ball down the field, you know, like Aaron Rodgers was. Mm-hmm. But he's that check down. You could hit him at the backfield if you want. If you need to hand it off, I mean, he's there as well. He could do it all. So Aaron Jones, a little bit undervalued. Got him at that nine spot this year, man.
1: Yeah, that was a name where I was, I was contemplating, bro. He, but he didn't make my list. I, the only thing with him is, like you mentioned, one A.J. Dillon there. He's getting a little up there in age and I just with Jordan Love at quarterback, I don't know how explosive that offense is gonna be. Mm-hmm. So I'm not too sure how many, you know, opportunities he'll get to, you know, make those big plays down the field where we saw Aaron Rodgers hitting him on those long wheel routes and scoring touchdowns and stuff like that. I think he'll definitely be productive usage wise, but I mean, listen, Aaron Rodgers is not back there. They're gonna see a lot more stack boxes. No Defenses aren't really gonna be worried about, you know, the pass as much with you know Jordan Love being a question mark. I do think Aaron Jones is still a really good talent and he's still a really good player. I just don't know if we'll see that, you know, elite production and efficiency we're used to seeing from Aaron Jones. That's my only question. But moving along to number eight, um, I got Tony Pollard. Now, last season, he kind of had his bro- breakout year with Zeke taking the backseat and Tony Pollard kind of, you know, taking over the keys from Zeke in this Cowboys offense. Dak Prescott. We know what he is at this point. He's a solid starting quarterback. And when the run game is best for the Cowboys, that's when Dak is the best. And Tony Pollard, although he's not the same style of running back as Zeke, I think he can have that same effect on the offense. Super, super efficient. A big play waiting to happen whenever he gets the ball. Catches it out the backfield. Once he hits that corner, it's like no one can catch him. Seen it firsthand against the Eagles. Makes it really, really tough on the defenders. And I think he's just a really, really talented guy who going into this year, it seems to be, you know, he's going to get three down back rolls. Zeke's not there anymore. It's looking like he's the finally the number one starter, you know. After two or three years sitting behind Zeke, waiting for his turn, he finally gets in. I think Tony Pollard has the talent to take over the keys of that backfield and be successful. So I got him at number eight.
0: I mean, I'm not even going to touch on it. You just took every word right out of my my mouth. I got number eight, Tony Pollard. As well, so just for all the same reasons you just touched on. I mean, kind of finally getting the RB1 rolls, We're going to see what he's truly made out of, but he definitely deserves to be on his top 10 list.
1: Yeah, and then moving along, number seven, I have Austin Eckler. Now, he's been, you know, over the past couple of years, a guy that's been just – he has a nose for the end zone. I think like 20 touchdowns last year. We know how good he is out of the backfield as a receiver. Catches a ton, a ton of passes. One of, I mean, Justin Herbert's favorite, you know, safety valve, especially the last season. When, you know, injuries came to Mike Williams, injuries to Keenan Allen, those guys in and out of the lineups. When they weren't there, Austin Eckler was. And it seemed like every single game, Justin Herbert looks for him out of the backfield. He's a really good runner, too. I think he's undervalued as a runner just because of how good he is as a pass catcher out of the backfield, but has really good vision, super elusive. He does that nice little spin move, and like I said, man, he just has a nose for the end zone. He scores touchdowns all the time, whether it's on the ground or through the air. I think Austin Eckler might, I mean, outside of a name we'll touch on, he was probably the best pure pass catcher running back in the league, so I got him at number seven. Yeah, last year, Eckler. I think he had like 90-some receptions. Three games
0: with double-digit catches. He went 12, 11, and 10. Yeah. He's had 15 in, in a game before in 2019. That's yeah, He went f- against the Broncos, 15 receptions, 86 yards. But that game last year against Seattle, he had 12 catches, 96 yards. For an average of eight yards, a, a catch out the backfield is insane. So, mm-hmm. um, At and- my number seven, I got the guy who... You had a little bit lower on the list, but it is because of that question mark in Jonathan Taylor, and he could easily be in that top five conversation. But you know, he kind of wants to be traded after you know, Irsay said well, we're straight up not paying this guy, and Taylor's like, "Oh, I really don't want to play for this owner." Like, understandable, mm. of course. But we we saw the last time a running back held out at his position. I don't know if that's <laughs> something he wants he wants to do, man. Tom, man, yeah. So. I mean, we'll we'll see with Jonathan Taylor, but one of the best pure rushers in the NFL, and there's not, you know, many of the just pure downhill rushers. I mean, I think there's only three on this list that are pure downhill rushers compared in that Jonathan Taylor conversation. He's one of them when he has the ball in his hand. Had a bit of down year last year, but, I mean, just the usage yeah, and the system them. he was yeah. in, like, I mean, what can you expect in that situation, so... Number seven, I mean, I hope to see him on the field. One of the best running backs in the
1: league would be, you know, a shame if he sat out the whole year for sure. Facts. Uh, all right, so moving on to number six. This was like, you know, one fun pick I had, man. At number six, I got Bijan, man. Bijan Robinson. <laughs> Left him off
0: the rookie year list.
1: Yeah, I got him, as, but that just shows you the importance of quarterback <laughs> and running back. <laughs> Top six running back. but not hear say. Yeah, can't get a. Can't get a <laughs> rookie of the year vote. Um, listen, man, you you kind of touched on it when you talked about him earlier, but we've seen these young guys come in at the running back position and produce early. We mentioned you talked about Alvin Kamara, his rookie year. He was super, super productive catching the ball. We've seen, you know, Saquon Barkley, he had that big year in twenty eighteen, Ezekiel Elliott in twenty sixteen when he came on the scene. I mean, you can keep going. Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, all of these guys were able to produce as soon as they came into the league. And I think Bijan Robinson is in the same class as these guys coming out of Texas. I think he averaged over like six yards per carry. He's a super, super dynamic athlete. They're saying he's the best prospect since Saquon might be even better. So, I mean, there's just a lot to love when you see he's going to this Atlanta offense. Arthur Smith bringing over that Tennessee offense and. You know, we'll talk about Derrick Henry in a few here, but all they do is just run the ball down there in Atlanta, man. And when you want to just run the ball, having an elite weapon like Bijan, who can really, really catch out of the backfield, as well as run, super elusive. I think he'll put up a lot of big plays. He'll be fun to watch, and I think he'll be an instant, instant impact for Atlanta.
0: Yeah, I'm not mad at it. Didn't have him on my list, but definitely when you talk running backs, I mean, they could come out and make the most instant impact for sure, in a football game and Mm -hmm. definitely can get that recognition. Um, My number six, Austin Eckler. We talked about his – you talked about his nose for the end zone. I mean, dual threat, probably the best pass catching back uh, there is. Well, he's in that conversation, just like you said. Yeah. But expect him to have another big year. Getting up there in age, only question mark. Might see a slight decline, but I don't think he's going to be this year just yet for Eckler. His production has been crazy – over the past, I mean, couple seasons at this rate, you know, maybe the past like five, I'm not even sure.
1: But mm-hmm. Austin
0: Eckler, number six, once again, another very talented
1: back. All right. Number five. I felt now this is, I felt like the top five was a lot easier than, you know, six through 10. The top five, you I, can move these names around, but I, I was going to say, me, I think we have I a feel like, order. Well, yeah, but I think these are, you know, the elite top backs. At number five, I got Josh Jacobs, man. Kind of like Jonathan Taylor, another running back where he's holding out for that contract, not really happy what's going on there in Vegas. But when you look at what he's done over his career in Vegas and then especially last year, leading the league in rushing, coming over in that offense now, all they do is just run the ball. Run, run, run. And Josh Jacobs is really, really good. He can also catch the ball out of the backfield. Remember him coming out of Alabama that one, that big game against Clemson when he caught that pass and ran the dude over right at the end zone? <laughs> when he was at Bama, he was more of the pass catching running back. And because they had, um, bro, who? They had uh, Najee. And he was more of like the down the hill pure runner. But then Josh Jacobs would come in on third down, catch the ball, do big plays. But, you know, over his career in Vegas, he's shown that he's also a really, really, really elite ball carrier. Super efficient, gets the volume, produces with it. Like I mentioned, led the league in rushing last year. I think Josh Jacobs, if he comes back, if he's in this offense, if he plays, which is the big thing he's holding out, is he coming back to camp? Is he not? I mean, Derek Carr's not there. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. We we saw what he did with McCaffrey when he was on. Oh, he didn't even play with him on the Niners. My bad, but. Those still those running backs in that system, you know, they get Wilson, targeted a lot. Yeah, Elijah Mitchell, Elijah all those Mitchell. dudes, you get a bunch of volume. I don't think it'll be any different for Josh Jacobs. He's one of the, you know, like I mentioned, one of the lead backs in the game right now.
0: Number five, man, I got Saquon Barkley. Once again, another dual threat back, so elusive in the open field. We've seen how strong he is as a runner as well. I mean, not maybe like the upper body physicality but we all know his quad size and how much he can squat all that Saquon crazy athlete sort of had a comeback season last year staying healthy I mean if he does that again he could be in conversation for top three easily like you said these top five you could flip flop them around man end of the year wouldn't be surprised at any of them Danny Dimes had a good year in New York last year if they keep it up man Saquon Barkley value just keeps going up I mean the question is always his health, never his talent. So, if he stays healthy, one of the best backs there is. And, I mean, he does it
1: all. Yeah, so, at number four, I have a back that's just, it seems like he's just been doing this forever. And it's Derek Henry, man. Mr. Consistent. I feel like every year, it's like, oh, is Derrick Henry going to take that step back? He's getting older. You know, running backs that get, you know, 200 carries a year don't really last this long, but... Derrick Henry seems to just be able to just keep running the ball. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier with Rabel, he's able to coach all these decent teams. Maybe it's because they just sit back and just hand Derrick Henry the ball the entire time on offense. Huge, huge human being. I mean, what is he, like 6'3", 240, something like that. Runs like a deer, can run through you, has that stiff arm. Probably, I mean, arguably the best just downhill runner in the league. Once he gets to that second level, DBs don't want to tackle him. As a former DB myself, I couldn't imagine trying to tackle Derek Henry in the open field. That's definitely one of those plays where I just chop his legs and hopefully he played the a best. little outside
0: linebacker for a little man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I, I don't know what would be worse, bro, meeting Derek Henry in the hole or trying to tackle him in the open field, bro. Probably in the hole.
0: I'd yeah. rather just so he
1: doesn't get that full head of steam. But I mean, either way. Well, no, actually, I take the
0: open field just because. He might get that full head of steam, but you might be coming from like the side. In the gap, bro, he just lowers his shoulder. Stiff arm, <laughs> bro.
1: Like Josh Norman. Like. To,
0: you take a stiff arm or lower the shoulder, Derrick Henry. Like, come yeah, on, I don't think either side. One's Sounds embarrassing, funny. one's pain, painful. Painful. Oh, wow. I
1: don't know. But away... He's 6'3, 2,
0: 247.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, bro. Derrick Henry looks like a man amongst the boys out there on the field. Keeps producing. Last year, we saw him catch the ball a little bit out of the backfield, which we haven't really seen for him. So it's really cool to see him kind of, you know, add that versatility to his game. If he wants to stay around longer, that's, you know, what everyone wants these running backs to be able to do. They got to be able to block, run, and catch. So Derrick Henry's showing that he can do a little bit of everything. He's just Mr. Consistent at this point. Give him his flowers while he's still out there running. I think he'll have another pretty successful season with the Tennessee Titans. I mean, they brought in DeAndre Hopkins, He's kind of at the you know twilight of his career as well. Traylon Burks, really young guy. Tannehill coming off an injury. I mean, all of these names on the offensive side, I mean, Derrick Henry is the only real consistent one they have there. So, listen, man. Mike Ribble, don't stop what you're doing, man. Just keep sitting back and handing that ball to Derrick Henry.
0: And my number four, I got Josh Jacobs, man. You just touched on him not too long ago in that five spot. Josh Jacobs, you said at Bama he could catch the ball. I mean, when We know he can catch the ball in the open field, big screen back as well. Mm -hmm. He's a great runner and probably you know last year coming on sixteen hundred yards. He had one thousand six hundred fifty-three yards on four point nine yards per carry. And at that volume to keep it going for that long of a season, twenty-five years old, twelve touchdowns rushing as well. Um, he, He can do it all, man. And now with Jimmy G. You know, they still got Devontae Adams, so it's not like they're just going to be stacking a box all day. They got weapons on the outside. Lose yeah. Darren Waller, of Hunter course. Renfro
1: hopefully coming back. Yeah, Hunter yeah. Renfro
0: was quiet last year. I mean, banged up most of the year. Yeah, he's a solid slot receiver. But we we see what he can do as a route runner, just open up that gap for Josh Jacobs even more. And, I mean, last year receiving 400 yards through the year his best receiving season as well. So, I mean... You had 2,000 all-purpose yards, Josh Jacobs, scrimmage yards, actually, but, I mean, one of the most elite backs. Jacobs due for another big year if that contract situation gets resolved.
1: Yeah, so coming in at number three, I have Saquon Barkley, and kind of for all the reasons you touched on, but I think for me the biggest thing is Saquon Barkley is, like, literally that New York Giants Mm -hmm. offense. Like, he's the reason Daniel Jones got paid you mentioned his injuries. I kinda of touched on, you know, him having that big rookie year, but the versatility, the explosiveness, the elusiveness, it's all there for Saquon Barkley. We've seen him, you know, catch those screen passes, catch the ball out of the backfield, make a man miss, and then fly down the sidelines. I mean, you know, being a fan of the Eagles and playing him twice a year when he's healthy, I it's you can just see how dangerous and how electric he is on the field with the ball in his hands. Like I mentioned Last year he was that heart and soul of that Giants offense. They were run heavy, they leaned into what they do best, giving Saquon the ball, running that play action, you know, getting Daniel Jones out of the pocket, moving him around, kinda just, you know, leaning on Saquon Barkley to make Daniel Jones job easier and ultimately having his best season and, you know, getting that contract. And it's kind of messed up where it's like, okay, yeah, we'll give Daniel Jones all this money. But Saquon Barkley, the person who our offense is based off of and who, you know, made our quarterback's job easy, we won't be paying you. So kind of like, it's like a theme for all these running backs at this point, contract disputes, although he did just get, you know, off the – they I think they reconstructed – they, re, like, fixed his contract or whatever, but no, no more holding out for Saquon off of the tag but still on like a short one, maybe two-year deal. But regardless, Saquon Barkley, like you mentioned, if he's healthy, if he's on the field, the talent's there.
0: At my number three, you touched on him, heart and soul of this franchise and Derrick Henry. I mean, come on. He's put the Tennessee Titans on his back, carried them yeah. to the playoffs, possibly winning uh, the AFC title almost, I think, a few – how many years ago was it? or? I think they were close to getting to the AFC title. but No, weren't they in the AFC I think they were in the championship a few years back. And then they were one play yeah. away being in the Ravens in the divisional round mm-hmm. to go back to the AFC championship. Obviously, didn't happen. But regardless, actually, I think that was a wild card weekend. Whatever it was, Derrick Henry's put this franchise on his back. I mean, pure downhill don't want to tackle this dude. He's a walking highlight reel. Yeah. Uh, opposing defenses,
1: especially when he plays those other teams in his division, bro. It's like you know, I mean, always Jags, he's always a Jags. He the Texans. Like he's off a big. Yeah, I
0: mean you That's play him twice helpful. a year, and I I know they sit in that film room. and They're like, damn, we gotta go against Derrick Henry again. Like yeah. defenses are not rocking with it. Eight man boxes. I mean, he's the reason these guys stack the box, and I mm-hmm. mean. Even if they had a passing threat, I still think they would try to stack the box as much as they can, just because is this dude's going against a five man box or six man box? I mean, it's just matchup nightmares for Derrick Henry all day, and it's yeah. easily time for him to feast. And we you mentioned him catching the ball at the backfield. I mean, just then getting Derrick Henry outside with the screen, getting second level, going downhill against the DBs. That's when. The, that's when I wouldn't want to be a safety mm-hmm. trying to tackle him, that's for sure. But Derrick Henry at that number three spot every year for the past, since he's been in the league. He's been a top five, probably top three. This is probably the lowest I've ever ranked him, but mm-hmm. top running back.
1: All right, number two. Let's ruffle some feathers, specifically I already, yours. I already <laughs> saw your list, bro, so I already <laughs> knew this was coming. Listen. Nick Chubb, I had him at one, but, I mean, I just I had to put McCaffrey ahead of him. But, I mean, listen, that's no slight to Nick Chubb. I think he's the best pure running back in the league. I think, what is he average? Over five yards per carry in his career. And it's not like he's getting 10, 8, 12 rush, like, attempts a game. They feed Nick Chubb the ball. Nick Chubb gets the attempts. He gets the volume. And he's still super efficient. He still produces. I feel like he's been one of the most slept on players in the league. Finally getting some love now where a lot of people do consider him to be the best, if not the best, the second best or one of the best runners in the league. Super consistent. That Browns offense, you know, ever since he's came in, has just kind of been, you know, catered to around him. He's been their best player on offense pretty much once he stepped in. And Nick Chubb, I'll let you talk about him because that's your guy on your team. So, you know a lot more about him and you know that Browns team but as an outsider it's just he's fun to watch run the ball like it always looks like he's going to get tackled for two yards or maybe a loss and he just ends up you know creating five or six yards or getting a first down and he never seems to go down on the first hit super super good after contact really good at balance and I mean if it wasn't for McCaffrey being literally a receiver and running back I would have him at one but Nick Chubb One of the best backs in the league. He could be one. If he's your number one, I wouldn't really care. He's been my one before, but I just think McCaffrey and his system is better. But, yeah, Nick Chubb is super good.
0: Well, at my number two, I got CMC at number two for sure. And sort of like Saquon, if healthy, this guy, dual threat, and his ability in the open field to just be elusive and one of the hardest guys to wrap up and just – Tackle. I mean, it seems like every time you think you got him, he goes right around you. And he's a hard runner as well. I mean, he's quick and shifty, but he's a hard runner and he can get downhill very quick. I mean, (laughs) the dude can do it all. Probably better pass catcher than he is rusher, but he's still an elite rusher. Like, not knocking his rushing. It's just he's that good in the open field. We saw the Niners use him. At wideout a couple times in a couple sets. Even played quarterback I was for about to say, against the <laughs> Eagles in the NFC Championship. He could do it all, man. He's, I, I love watching him when he was at Stanford. He was one of the most electric players in college yeah. football. Continued it in the NFL. I mean, this is your dude number one. I, I'm not mad at it. This guy's uh, ultra talented. So CMC at my number two. For 2023
1: bags. Yeah, I mean, my number one guy, CMC, Christian McCaffrey, you pretty much touched on it. I mean, the ultimate versatile weapon, man. He can do pretty much anything on the offensive side. He'll block for you. He'll catch. He'll run the ball. He'll even throw it. I think he's thrown a couple touchdowns or a couple passes in his career. We've seen what he can do in Carolina, but it was just really, really fun and amazing to see how they unlocked him in San Francisco last year. Reports coming out of camp I've been seeing, I think they said he's getting more snaps at receiver in the slot this year than he is at running back so far during training camp, which wouldn't surprise me. But regardless, if Christian McCaffrey's on your team, if he's on the field, he's a playmaker. And, you know, the 49ers, all those playmakers and ball carriers and receivers they they have on that team makes it possible for a quarterback like Brock Purdy, like Jimmy G., not Trey Lance, but those guys to be successful in the league and produce. So, I mean, you just can't say enough about what McCaffrey is capable of on the field. And you pretty much covered all. I think he's the best running back in the league right now. Let you, go, let you get your moment with your guy, man.
0: Yeah, Nick Chubb, man, my number one pick for a running back. Just the ultimate professional. You don't hear about him. He's not flashy. He's not in the media just because of – his personality man he's not an expressive player only only guys in cleveland really know you know if you're brown's media like his personal side he doesn't care about any of that flashy stuff he's a dc nerd he calls himself batman like <laughs> game day you'll see him post a little batman picture but you know is camp he's been smiling around seeing his old teammate greedy williams in that eagles joint practice they're exchanging some words and whatnot, but Nick Chubb, he'll just look you dead in your eyes and just run you over. I mean, you mentioned it, dude's a bowling ball. He's not, you know, the size of Derrick Henry when it comes to height, but is probably just up there with ability to take down uh, as a pure runner. I mean, it's so many times where you think it's that two-yard game, just like you said, and he goes, breaks it. I mean, some of his best highlights is him breaking a tackle and then exploding you know, down the field, it doesn't look like he's running hard, but he is. And he could get up there with speed. Not the fastest guy, but it just looks like he's running slower than he actually is. And you see him outrunning defenders and just not getting caught. So obviously, you got to be running pretty fast to outrun DBs. Hmm. Um, I mean, he's had a thousand plus yards for every year. He's been a full time starter. 2018, he was the backup to Carlos Hyde to start it. Finished four yards short of 1,000 last year, 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns. And the weakness of his game was that pass catching had his best uh, pass catching season sort of, or one of. I mean, he had 239 yards with a touchdown. But, I mean, you started seeing it later in his career of him becoming more of a pass catcher, sort of like Derrick Henry. Mm -hmm. They lose Kareem Hunt, expect Jerome Ford to kind of get that third down back work, but Nick Chubb as well. They use him in Cleveland, but they have preserved him very well. I mean, I don't think there's many times where he's touching the ball 30 times, but he'll touch the ball 18 to 25. And I think when Nick Chubb touches the ball 20-plus more times, the Browns are uh, plus 70 win percentage. So when he (laughs) touches the ball 20-plus times, it's like the Browns are going to win. He had almost 700 yards after contact last year, 695. And – so only 900 of those yards were untouched uh, before contact. I mean, Nick Chubb, I could go on for days, man. I know Cleveland loves him. He's just the most dominant back, underappreciated, sort of getting that, that value now this year, but still not where he needs to be. But that that's one guy that really doesn't care what anybody has to say. He's going to go out there, compete, man, and put the team on his back like he does. So Nick Chubb. Number one for me, and I know you probably want to go back and say the top ten out again.
1: Yeah, you can go ahead and do yours. Um. Yeah,
0: at my number one, man, I got Nick Chubb, number two, CMC, three, Derrick Henry, number four, Josh Jacobs, five, Saquon Barkley, six, Austin Eckler, seven, Jonathan Taylor, eight, Tony Pollard, nine, Aaron Jones, and 10, Alvin Kamara.
1: Yeah, and my top 10 was 1, CMC, 2, Nick Chubb, 3, Saquon, 4, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs at 5, B. John Robinson, the rookie coming in at number 6, Austin Eckler at 7, 8, Tony Pollard, 9, Jonathan Taylor, and Ramondre Stevenson rounding it out at number 10.
0: It's going to wrap up our top 10 running backs list of the 2023 season, man. Let us know y'all top 10 uh, in the comments as well if y'all rocking with these lists or not. But regardless, man, episode 52, any last comments, takes, concerns, anything like that?
1: Nah, man. I'm ready for the season to come.
0: No doubt. No right. doubt, man. Go to Go pod on TikTok. Like, comment, share, go to go, YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, all of that. Tap in, share, like, comment, sub on YouTube. Um, Episode 52, man. Until next week, we'll catch y'all. Peace.